As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Sammons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Hello and welcome. Well, we're just about the season of Advent. In fact, when you're watching this or listening to this, we might already be in the season of Advent. And what I wanted to do was talk about how we can celebrate Advent in such a way that it can be really a time of spiritual growth for us, a time in which we can draw closer to Christ and prepare ourselves for the coming of the Christ child. Because, of course, that's what Advent is. It's the season before Christmas, and it's really a preparatory season. In a sense, it's not a season in itself. It's a season that's attached to another season, kind of like Lent is attached to Easter. You can't have Lent without having Easter. You also can't have Advent without having Christmas. And so this is a time of what I would say is somber anticipation, a restrained joy that builds each day. It's, it's like a little Lent in some ways because it is a penitential season, but it's not exactly like Lent because we're not contemplating the passion and death of our Lord each day like we do during Lent, but instead we're contemplating contemplating, preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ, specifically the Christ child. But really, we're not just preparing for the coming of Jesus, at Christ, the baby Jesus at Christmas, thinking about that 2,000 years ago, what happened in Bethlehem, but we're also looking at the coming, the future coming of Christ, the coming, the second coming of Christ at the end of the world when we come to judge the living and the dead. And also a third coming that we're looking at is we're looking at the coming of Christ into our own hearts. And so there's really three comings of Christ that we're looking at. The historical that happened in Bethlehem, we're looking back at that and contemplating that mystery. The future, when Christ will come again in glory as second coming, but then also the individual coming of Christ into our hearts. So it's really those are the three things we're thinking about during the season of Advent. And I would say there are four characteristics to the season of Advent. The first one is a hopeful longing. We're longing for this coming of Christ. We're putting ourselves somewhat in the shoes of the Old Testament Jewish people that was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And how he would come, they did not know. But here we know that he comes as a little babe in a, in a stable in Bethlehem. So we have this hopeful longing. We also have a joyful expectation. There's a joy as part of, of uh, Advent because, you know, who isn't joyful at the coming of a new baby? Think about any family that's expecting a child. They're very joyful thinking about that new baby coming into their lives. It's the same thing with the Christ child, with the baby at Bethlehem. His coming brings us joy. So there's a joyful expectation. Third, I would say there's a prayerful penance. Now, oftentimes we don't think of Advent as a penitential season anymore, but it is. We wear purple. The, the, the vestments, I should say, are purple during the season of Advent because it is a time of penance. Because that's how we, as Catholics, we prepare ourselves for a feast is by first fasting. Feasts and fasts are always brought together. Obviously, the most the, the example par excellence is the uh, Lent, the fasting of Lent, preparing for the Feast of Easter. But also, we have the, the, the penance, the fasting of Advent that prepares for the Feast 
of Christmas. And so we should be thinking of Advent as a penitential time to prepare ourselves for that great feast of Christmas. I think we can celebrate, celebrate Christmas even more joyfully if we consider Advent and take Advent as a penitential season. The fourth characteristic of Advent, I would say, is just spiritual preparation. We're preparing our hearts. I mean, really, that's what Advent's about, is preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ into our lives and how can we serve him better. So we're doing all this preparation. A lot of times, of course, now in, in the month of December, there's preparation for Christmas, but it's all on a, on a materialistic level. We have to make sure we get ready for the parties. We have to get all the presents. We have to get them wrapped, all the, the hustle and bustle. But really, Advent should be a time of spiritual pep preparation. In other words, we should be at ease. We should be at peace during this time while we're joyfully expecting the Lord, doing our penance, hopefully longing for Him. And all this is done to spiritually prepare us for His coming. Okay, now, specifically though, what can we do during Advent to prepare ourselves for Christmas? How can we celebrate Advent? There are a number of great devotions historically, traditionally, in the church to help us celebrate Advent properly. I just want to talk about three of them. The first one is the Advent wreath and candles. This is probably the most famous one, where you have a, a wreath with four candles on it, three purple candles and one uh, pink candle, or rose candle, I guess you could call it. There's a lot of symbolism with, this, with the Advent wreath. The circular shape of the wreath symbolizes the eternity eternity of God, eternity of heaven, that we will hopefully one day be with God for all of eternity. So we have the circular, uh, the never-ending wreath, so to speak. We also have greenery. There's greenery in, as part of the Advent wreath. And this, this uh, symbolizes hope and renewal. Think about whenever it becomes spring, our thoughts turn to renewal, to hope, things growing. And so we have the evergreen greenery that is another symbol of this hope and renewal. The four uh, candles that are used in the uh, Advent wreath, of course, they represent the four Sundays of Advent, but also they are metaphorically the 4,000 years between Adam and Christ. Remember, Advent is this time of preparing for the coming of Christ into the world. And if you look at biblically, there's 4,000 years between Adam and Christ. I'm not making any claims that that's literal or anything like that. But symbolically, you have these 4,000 years, and that's the four candles of the Advent wreath. And each of the four candles themselves also have their own symbolism. The first candle uh, symbolizes the patriarchs. We're talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, those first great uh, fathers in our faith that, helped, that were preparing for the coming of the Messiah, that laid the groundwork, so to speak, for the coming of the Messiah. The second candle represents the prophets. Thinking about Old Testament prophets like Elijah or Isaiah or Jeremiah, who prepared the way by telling people God's truth, telling things how God, how God made the world, how God made man, how God made women, and to prepare us so that we'd be ready when Christ came, so the Jewish people would be ready when, when Christ came. The third candle, which is rose-colored or pink-colored, represents John the Baptist, that the most immediate preparer, so to speak. His, in fact, his job was to prepare the way of the Lord. He's a great saint for the season of Advent because he prepared us for the coming of Christ. And so the third candle represents John the Baptist. The fourth candle, again, another purple candle, that represents Our Lady. 
And of course, Our Lady is the one who was able to receive Jesus. She was the one who first received Jesus at the Annunciation when the angel Gabriel came to her and told her that she was to have a child who was going to be the savior of the world. And so that fourth candle represents Our Lady. Now, real quick, let's talk about the third candle quickly, uh, briefly, and that is the one that's rose-colored, and that's for uh, Gaudete Sun Sunday. And that's a day for rejoicing. Remember how I said Advent is a time, a, a penitential time? There's a little bit of rejoicing <clears throat> right in the middle of it, in that third Sunday. And it's, it's supposed to be, it's representing the joy that, hey, we're almost there. Jesus is about to come into our lives. And so we're, we're, we're through Advent, over halfway through Advent, we're getting near to the time of the coming of the Lord. Now, of course, after Advent, we replace the wreath with the Christmas wreath, which would have white candles in it. Uh, but we'll talk about that maybe another time at Christmas. But during Advent, one of the great devotions is an Advent wreath with the four candles. And I would suggest, especially in a family situation, perhaps having an Advent wreath on, on your table or your dinner table. And each night before dinner, lighting the appropriate candles. First candle for the first week, two candles for the second week, and so on and so forth. And have the kids involved in it. If you have children, even if you don't, it's a great devotion to have individually or even as a couple or something like that. It really, it builds that anticipation, which is what the season of Advent's all about, is anticipating the coming of, of Christ. And so it builds that anticipation, having that Advent wreath. Now, the second devotion I want to talk about is my personal favorite, and that's the Jesse tree. I actually didn't know anything about the Jesse tree growing up. I grew up as a Protestant, and I know some Protestants, I think, do practice the Jesse tree, especially now, but my family didn't, our, our uh, tradition didn't, and so I didn't really know about it until I uh, was married to a Catholic. My wife introduced it to me, and really is a great, great devotion. It's my favorite devotion, and what it does is, it's somewhat like an Advent calendar, which I'm not going to talk about here. Um, as a devotion here, because really the Jesse tree is like a better Advent calendar, so to speak. Each day, you go through a, a, a specific person in salvation history that leads up to the coming of Christ. The name Jesse tree comes from uh, the fact that David's father is named Jesse, and there's a reading from Isaiah that says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the root of Jesse, and a flower shall rise up out of his root. And so in other words, Jesse... Jesus, of course, is a son of David, which makes him also a son of Jesse. And so we see the Jesse tree represents this great salvation history. It actually goes all the way back to Adam. It doesn't start with Jesse. It actually goes all the way back to Adam. And each day what you do is you read a passage in the Bible about a certain figure, maybe Adam or Abraham or Moses or David or Solomon. And it's always getting you closer and it moves closer and closer to Christmas time. And so what it allows you to do is to really relive salvation history, relive the preparation that God gave the world for the coming of Christ over those thousands of years of the Old Testament. And so it's a great devotion. And what you do is usually you have some type of tree, maybe a, a banner up that, that hooks on it or an actual little tree with hooks on it. And you put up an ornament each day because each day there's a, there's a symbol that represents each character. So for example, you might have an apple for Adam and Eve. You might have a ladder for Jacob, uh, uh, something like that, a, a crown for Solomon, I think it is. And you have all these different symbols and you put them up. And so uh, as a family, it's a great devotion to have because each day a different kid can, one of your kids can put up that symbol. You can read about that, that uh, person in salvation history and how it prepares us for the coming of Christ. 
And here's my time for my shameless plug. I love this devotion so much. My wife and I actually wrote a book about it. And it's called The Jesse Tree and Advent Devotion. Uh, this was published last year, 2017, and it's been a, a big seller. I've been very happy with the response to it. And what it does is it gives you everything you need to pray this devotion with your family. And so what you can, what it does is each each page basically it has the symbol, the ornament, the symbol, and then has a reflection, the, the reading, sorry, the scripture reading. So for example, this one's Adam and Eve and Apple. It has the reading, you know, Genesis three, a reflection on that reading, and then it also has a prayer, and then a dig deeper. If you want to go deeper into it, a catechism reference, and also a, a, a question for further reflection. And it's written for a whole family to use. It's not just for adults, not just for little kids, but really it's written in such a way, and honestly, you came up with it over 25 years of doing this with my family. We just kind of came up with these devotions on our own. We had used some different um, resources, but we didn't like any of them as one. We would pick and choose from each one. So it really takes from all of that and develops this. And so I just highly recommend uh, the Jesse Tree and Advent Devotion you know, by myself and my wife, Suzanne. Uh, jessetreedevotion.com if you want to find out more information about it. Okay, that's the end of my shameless plug, but I do really recommend uh, the Jesse Tree as an Advent Devotion. Okay, now our final, third and final devotion for Advent is really at the end of Advent, and that's the O Antiphons. And these are beautiful prayers said each day from December 17th to December 24th. And they come actually from the Liturgy of the Hours, Vespers for each of those days. Let me grab my missile real quick, and I'll, and I'll kind of read off a few of them. And basically, what it does, it goes through, it, it, it's called the O Antiphons, because each prayer starts with the word O, and then it, it basically addresses Jesus with some type of title. And so, it might be, O Wisdom, which came out of the mouth of the Most High, reaching from end to end and ordering all things mightily and sweetly. Come and teach us the way of prudence. So, O Wisdom is the first day. On December 18th, it's, O Adonai, and leader of the house of Israel, who did appear to Moses in the flame of the burning bush, and did give unto him the law of Sinai, come and with outstretched arm redeem us. December 19th, O Root of Jesse. December 20th, O Key of David. Then, O Dayspring, brightness of light eternal. Then, O King of the Gentiles. And then finally, December 23rd, I said it was December 17th through the 24th, really December 17th through the 23rd, excuse me, December 23rd, O Emmanuel, and of course that's where we get the classic song, Emmanuel, O Emmanuel, um, and so O Emmanuel is the final one of these, and each one of these reflect on a different part of, a different aspect of who Christ is, and so it's a beautiful prayer, and really, if you have a, um, you can find this online, uh, the, the O Antiphons, and I recommend praying those each night as well from December 17th to December 23rd because it's like building the anticipation. You start Advent and you, the Jesse tree is just getting started. You only have one candle lit on the Advent wreath and you aren't doing O Antiphons yet. Then by the final week, you're doing the O Antiphons. The Jesse tree is almost full. You're, you're all three, three or maybe even four candles are lit on your Advent wreath. And so all the anticipation builds. And it's great for kids. I mean, it's great for adults. To be honest, I love it as well. But for kids as well, because it's building the proper type of anticipation. It's not building anticipation just for presents. Not that there's anything wrong with Christmas presents. I love Christmas presents. I love giving Christmas presents. I love the joy of children 
at seeing the presence under the Christmas tree. Yet it also reorders some of that anticipation, some of that excitement, so that the, the children understand what the real reason of the season is, why we celebrate Christmas, is because of the baby Jesus. And so those are three devotions that I highly recommend, three devotions for Advent. The Advent wreath with the candles, the Jesse tree, and the O antiphons. I think if you do all three of these devotions, they're really, none of them take very much time. The Advent wreath, you're just lighting a candle each night. The Jesse tree, if you use my book, it basically may be 10 minutes at most uh, each night in prayer for that. And the O antiphons, that's just a, you know probably 30 seconds to a minute each one. So we're not talking about a huge commitment each night, but it allows each day to be ordered towards the coming of Christ, preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ. So I recommend those three devotions highly. Finally, I just want to give a few points to remember just as we are celebrating Advent to keep in mind while we're celebrating Advent. The first one is to remember Advent is a time of spiritual preparation. We're preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ into our hearts. And we do that by looking at the coming of Christ in history and the coming of Christ in the future. Another point to remember is we celebrate the season of Advent in a contrary way to the culture of consumerism. We all know how, how caught up we can get in buying presents and buying things, and it, it, it's focused on things, but really, Advent should be focused on Christ. And so these devotions help us to focus in on our spiritual preparation and to fight against consumerism. Third, another point to remember is, it reminds us that Christ came into this world. We don't have a mythical religion in which we make up gods that, that interacted with human beings. A man was born 2,000 years ago in a stable in Bethlehem, and nobody knew about it except for his parents, and maybe some sh sheep and some goats and some cows and horses, and, and then, of course, uh, the shepherds. That is our God. That is our God come into this world. And so it helps us to remember that, that God really has become man. And he became man so that we might become like him, become like God's. That we might be, by grace, we might become like him. That's a great mystery we always need to remember. Fourth, another point, a fourth point to remember is that we need to invite Christ to come into our life today. That's what, that's what we're doing today. We remember that Christ came 2,000 years ago, but now we're thinking, okay, Christ, come into my heart today. Make my life abide by yours. Make my life one with you. And so we have to remember that as well. And then finally, the fifth point to remember is we need to prepare for the coming of Christ at the end of time. And Christ is the great judge of all the nations. He's the judge of the living and the dead. He will judge each one of us at our particular judgment when we die, and also at the end of the world, at the general judgment, we will judge all of heaven, all of earth, I should say, and all of creation. We need to prepare for that judgment. And so Advent is a great time to go to confession. If you haven't been to confession in a while, or even if you have, Advent's a perfect time to go because what better way to prepare for Christ to enter into you than to go to confession? And so that also helps prepare us for that great judgment, our personal judgment at our death, and also the great judgment at the end of time by going to confession. Okay, well, as you can probably tell, Advent is one of my favorite seasons of the year. I really love all that's involved with it, and I really encourage you to celebrate this Advent in such a way that you are spiritually prepared for Christmas by doing these different devotions and just keeping in mind the real spirit of the season, the penitential spirit, and the preparatory spirit of the season. 
Okay, well that's it for now. Have a great Advent, have a blessed Advent. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream.